Let me ask you this. Why is it you haven't seen them in nine years? Why? Yeah. Just to get you off my back, I'll tell you why. She married a police lieutenant, and I'm not very popular with the Chicago Police Department, okay? Why aren't you popular with Chicago Police uh, now Department? That's a whole other day. What do we know each other? Get, what a... Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. Look, what I'm trying to tell you is I've been working on a new show. I've been getting artwork. I've, getting, I've been getting music done. And all that stuff costs money, but we haven't released a show yet. So I'm into these guys for a shit ton of money for all these microphones and artwork. I mean, to the tune of like $450,000. $450,000? But I'm not. No. No? No, because I got you. You're the best podcaster around. We're going to do a midnight run commentary, and we're going to monetize the shit out of this thing. Last plus his feet now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, uh, just bullshitting, so just say whatever. <laughs> Give me a break here, and you can edit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we are doing this, Duncan. It is uh, <laughs> long overdue. We've been talking about this movie uh, for damn ever. What movie would this be? Would this by any chance be Silence of the Lambs? No, we've already done our uh, Silence of the Lamentary. (laughs) No, No, you did not. I did. And (laughs) we are talking uh, about 1988's uh, Midnight Run. Feel sexy to see them. Oh, Oh, I know. All right. So, just to put this in perspective, this was the the guy who directed Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. uh, did this, then did Sin of a Woman, mm-hmm. and then I guess it was Meet Joe Black. No, I'll, I'll tell you what, he did Meet Joe Black, and then he did uh, Yeely, or Geely, the oh, Ben Affleck. Oh, oh dear, right. <laughs> that's a career, a career shit right there. <laughs> and it did, it just... It, through the the breaks on his career entirely so it's a real shame because he was a great director and as much as people love beverly hills cop midnight run for my money is far and away the better film yeah midnight run is uh, we spoke about this just off air midnight run is legitimately one of my favorite comedies ever not only is it like as genius casting like the, the odd couple casting here is like maybe as good as it's ever going to be. The dialogue is very, 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 very funny and very witty. And it's just like a, a really cool kind of caper movie. You know what I mean? This is like a traveling across America, everything like we can do to get out of this ridiculous, over-the-top, yet really fun movie. So, I mean, let, let, let's... let's. I, this might not be the movie that uh, Martin Brest, if that is his real name, is known for. It probably will be Scent of a Woman, I would imagine, because yeah. that won Oscars. Um, didn't it? Like Pacino won an Oscar for that, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I th- I've got a feeling it did. You just got and that that movie reeks at Oscar, and I'm not just saying that because it's Scent of a Woman. Yeah, no. I, you know, I, you're probably <laughs> right. I'll, I'll I'll double check this, but you're probably right that Pacino won for uh, Scent of a Woman. Uh, won one Oscar. Yeah, it was Al Pacino who won for that. Yeah, like must have been like because um, that's his that's his powerhouse performance. You know I mean that's. It's like that. It's just just at the tipping point of Al Pacino must scream everything 
in every movie from now on. Like, like and just before that, he was, he was, he was. There was a kind of there was a ratio of about seventy percent to thirty percent screams to moderate volume, and then after Scent of the Woman, it was just all. You know, she's got a grass. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> if I were, if I were younger man, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Bad man. <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> it, is, it is great. Like, give him the Oscar just for saying bad man. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. But yeah, to me, this is his. This is his breast movie. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, see, see, I can write like they did in this movie, but this to me is like, and it, it's weird because I still don't know necessarily as many people that I watched. I can almost, I can almost guarantee every second person that I know I could point at and say, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, and they'd be like, oh yeah, Axel Foley. Um, if I was to be like, you know, Midnight Run, and they'd be like, eh, and I'd be like, Jack Walsh, and they'd be like, huh? You know, like that. It's still not maybe as popular as I think it is, but in my world, it's top tier comedy, like right at the top. Yeah, one of my favorite things to use as a litmus test for how much I'm gonna like somebody is to drop in. Why aren't you popular with the Chicago Police Department? <laughs> and if if they get it, I know that we're gonna be lifelong friends. <laughs> oh. Uh, but all right, so look, we're going to just keep quoting this movie at each other until we start watching it. So we're going to start watching it. And folks, uh, here's the deal. Um, the the audio uh, of the movie will play uh, a little bit here and there so you can sync up with it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to be watching this via a streaming service. Uh, so this is going to begin for us. Uh, at the 42nd mark but for for listeners if you're not watching it uh this was just on amazon is is where we're renting this from and uh for listeners if you're not watching it on amazon this is going to begin immediately after the universal logo plays and then fades it is as soon as the screen goes black that is where we are beginning from so right after the universal logo black screen pause right there we're gonna we're gonna count to three then you hit the play button and uh and then we're watching midnight run uh with you and it's your old pals uh Bo and duncan and hey do you have some popcorn maybe how about some beers <laughs> by the way you don't care if we smoke in here right <laughs> this, movie has the, this movie has the best description of a scotsman ever as well it's one of my favorite lines is where you have two emotions silence and rage <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right all right so we're gonna start watching this uh so uh the count of three folks here we go uh right after the the universal logo fades away one two three begin and uh here we are uh this is oh the appearance of the old universal logo and the oh that danny elfman score holy shit yeah it's kind of amazing it's real good (laughs) i love this jacket like i wanted to look like Robert De Niro, uh, <laughs> when I saw, first saw this movie, I was like, "That is the coolest man I've ever seen in my life." Of course you did. <laughs> how, how, how young he looks, I, Jesus! 
this was kind of again on one of those cusps where like he was almost old Robert De Niro yeah but this is still like nah he's still pretty young and vibrant looking like he doesn't look like an old mobster he looks like a young mobster yeah you can say that like this is this is a kind of early comedic role for him and then if you then jump to maybe the next one before he became like before he started doing all those meet the parents movies and becoming a parody of himself yeah I'd like analyze this is probably the next one where he starts to make a kind of um you know I'm playing myself but you know that'll work to the comedy so to speak um and he nails it here and he nails it here because he plays this 100 percent straight yeah he's completely the straight man of this movie but that's also why he kind of comes away being in a way the funniest character but he's 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 played he's the straight man of this movie but so's groden (laughs) that's the weird thing about it is both of them are playing the straight guy, if you know what I mean, in terms of their delivery of humour, it's very much but for some reason it just makes it hilarious oh, there we go Marvin oh man, his his fucking with Alonzo Mosley is the greatest thing in this film, <laughs> we'll get to it so, uh, the character of Marvin of course, a, the rival bounty hunter Yeah. which, by the way, just give me movies about bounty hunters and I'm kind of cool from Jump yeah, yeah. Especially the bounty hunters, like two bounty hunters that are like they're, they're technically they're like free they're like free agents, but working for the same guy. So it's like you on some level it should be about bringing the guy in, but then you remember there's a price tag, Marvin. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a price tag attached, which just makes some like you know rogue states. Fucking love it. Oh man, remember when you just rolled the credits over the movie, it was just like, no, no, no. You guys know what's going on here. Yeah. Remember when you like just rolled over the rolled the credits over a movie with a bitch and score in the background? Yeah, that the love theme for Midnight Run or whatever it's called is fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your car, Marvin. It's the best. Oh, uh, uh. poor Marvin. It's a kind of raw deal all the way through this movie. Well, he's, but he's he's a dumbass. Let's not, you know, shed too many tears for Marvin. Dennis. Oh Green yeah, he thinks he's, he thinks he's so movie. much smarter than what he is. Did you get, did like you cast, give me any trouble? The cast, <laughs> the cast just front to back. Yafit Cole, Joe Pantoliano, who's fucking amazing in this movie. Like, just that kind of, you know, uh, he doesn't like to fly. What the fuck does that mean, Jack? Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give me any trouble. God, this movie is so good. Oh, sorry. We're like 30 seconds in it. I know, I know, but shit, that is so good. Fuck you, man. That's a sincere, like, I hope you fucking die. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> so fucking good. You know, in a weird way, I feel like the movie Sneakers is is kind of in this ballpark. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. I and maybe that. that's why I love that so much too, because it's kind of that like we're we have a real unusual job, but we're still kind of barely scraping by, even though it mm-hmm. seems like we should be doing better. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but here, yeah, I, there, there's some similar DNA there, I think. Oh, uh, here we go. Uh, you want donuts? So fucking good, man. I like it. he's just not engaging, you know. Yeah. You just like I'm. Uh, I will punch you in the face. Joey Pants, welcome to the movie. Oh dear, that comb over. <laughs> I love him so much in this. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. And I, immediately tries to shortchange him, like he's such sure. a slimy dude from Jump. <laughs> Can I have my money first? <laughs> Jerry, when has someone one time ever come through that door? <laughs> He's just the best, man. Like it. It is just that everybody in this movie is on the hustle, and that's what yeah. I love about it. What I also love about the movie as well is that like, they are juggling a couple of things about in the narrative as well, which we'll get into later on, where he, he kind of gets dragged back into... You get a lot of uh, Jack's story in this mm-hmm. yeah you know i mean like you right through even tom writing the wrong which is really not that important to the story but kind of is and none of it feels forced that the flow of this movie i mean it's unusual for a comedy specifically this time frame to be you know in excess of two hours as well but it flies in at a zip this does not feel like a two-hour movie and it makes you wonder why some comedies you go and see at the, the cinema now that are an hour and a half feel like they're on for three well, it's like uh, Roger Eber used to say, no good movie is long enough and no bad movie is short enough. Yeah. You know, in a movie like this, like, it, it, I wish this movie were four and a half hours long. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, in this scene already, you're establishing, okay, Jack has this this sordid history in Chicago where he was run out of town, even though he denies it, but it sounds like yeah. he was run out of town. And, <laughs> you know, and also it sets up the Duke as this, like, kind of almost folk hero all, right off the bat of, like, yeah, he stole all this money from this big mobster that you have this relationship with. And it's yeah. just so such a smart way to set all of this up. It's so clever. First of all, the guy is an accountant. He's not going to teach you. <laughs> He's not gonna shoot you. <laughs> oh, the gimmick with the watch as yeah. well. There is a scene with his daughter that we'll get to that is like this weird moment in the film where 
it it's completely heartbreaking and humanizing and it immediately yeah. makes you root for him in such a big way yeah So yeah, we're so we're getting basically a, a kind of inner glimpse into his technique, which is totally not how Marvin does things. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, Marvin's the bull in a china shop, whereas he is very cleverly like, let me get the name of the last per or the the person that Jonathan Martukas contacted, and I'm going to track mm-hmm. them down and like actually being a detective, being kind of oh, here we go. And uh, then Alonso Mosley, Yafet Kato. God damn it! Why is he in, in he in everything? Everything he needs to be in everything. It's fucking amazing. I want Ghost Dog Two, where we find out that Yafit Koto is Forrest Whitaker's father. Oh, he goes out for vengeance. Mm-hmm. Someone make that movie, please. And when I say someone, I'm looking at you. You know what I'm on about. You know who I'm on about. He's about to release a zombie movie, Bo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's gonna be so good. <laughs> the, the sunglasses gag is is fantastic as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, oh dear. Oh. a juggle with these glasses coming up that is one of those things of just like this was the perfect way for the scene to end yeah you're... <laughs> uh. Back to this too. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> looks just like I'm bored I'm sure no, no reason I bet <laughs> Somebody just finally told Robert De Niro it's okay if he plays a little bit before he got really silly with like the Meet the Fockers and that kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, but I, again, just another beautiful moment of comedy of him saying, like, what do you think? It looks good mm. to me. Yeah. Just wonderful, man. Uh, Harry, Jack Wolf, how you doing? <laughs> I really like that jacket. I know I, I led with that. Says for the jacket. Yeah, I kind of am. I kind of want one. 
boy. Back in the day when you just smoked everywhere. Yep. <laughs> I've been listening to a, a podcast recently that um, has been doing an investigation to a plane crash in Canada. And um, they were talking about how things were like in the 60s with flying. And it like just sounded like the Wild West. Well, yeah, hunters used to just bring in, uh, used to come on board with the rifles and, you know, people just smoked everywhere. And like food was served in China. You know, like fine china dining, like it'd be it's none of this disposable shit. Right. I'm just like, oh <laughs> god, like couldn't be any different than it is now. Because I'm like old enough just to remember, like not, like not having, not being restrictive about carrying liquids and stuff like that on a plane. Yeah, I remember that. You know, obviously after the the nine eleven stuff, after that shift happened, but uh, yeah. Um. I, I don't recall, like, flying when there were people smoking on planes or anything like that. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I don't think I ever remember that. Um, but there must be because, like, when you're sitting on certain older models of planes, you can still see, like, no smoking signs and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, like, or, like, the smoking light or whatever, like, in certain, like, like old, old aircraft. So, um, but yeah, I can never remember that at all. But yeah, just a, just a different fucking time. If uh, if you're on an airplane that actually has ashtrays in the uh, armrest, you need yeah. to get off that plane. Yeah. <laughs> it's far too old. <laughs> you you are gonna die. <laughs> this is a nice move too. Uh, mm. Yeah, I like this is one of those phone freaker things of like I'm gonna record the 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 dial tones yeah and and by and when i play those dial tones back it will call that number Mm -hmm. so anyway kind of neat uh in in like this is that war games kind of technology of like you know these days it would be a lot different but (laughs) this is a a world in which just playing tones into a telephone would net you a phone call (laughs) Have you ever read any of the uh, history of the like phone freakers and and that kind of thing? No, 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 no nothing like that. At all. Super interesting. Like the the people that would basically was scamming payphones by playing a tone into it that made it sound like money was dropping in, so that the phone read it as a deposit. It would, and the, it, there was really no point to it other than hey, I could get one over on Ma Bell. Mm-hmm. Until, you know, it started to get into hacking and that kind of shit. It's interesting. It's uh, like it's the early days of hackers and, and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So he's played them like a fiddle. Mm-hmm. We get the dog, ma'am. Yeah. Like, another thing this movie does really well is, like, here we are deep in the city. Like, everything's very, uh, even though we're in, you know, kind of the suburbs of New York, um, there, it moves around geographically in a lot of fun ways. Like, it's Mm -hmm. because of the nature of the film, because it's a road movie. It's like, okay, we're going to start in the city and then 
we're gonna go out into the wilds of america yeah yeah and you know we're gonna go through the desert and there's gonna be airplanes and biplanes and all kinds of crazy shit and it just like it it's such a it feels like such a big movie even though at the end of the day it's telling such an, a, a nice little story about these two guys yeah She's got all the sketchy gear. Uh, well, you know, I mean, again, it was set up in the opening scene of the movie, and you know, this movie, this movie is real good about like paying it, it everything off in a really fun yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, remember when <coughs> movies used to be well written, Duncan? <laughs> yeah, like like characters did things for logical reasons. Yeah, I, I think I remember them. Yeah, I remember because them. they were written in as part of the character's background and traits. It's almost as if they were real people, Bo. Mm. Almost, almost. Mm. (laughs) 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 Still remember the, the Richard Pryor get about the, the, the big Alsatian growling at him. Uh-huh. And he's like, you're like, well, who are you doing? And the dog's like, does this look like I'm smiling, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. The dog's name's Heidi. Yep. Plus, he's a white guy called Alonzo Mosley. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just going to say, maybe not his real name. What happened? Did Charles Grodin die young? No, I, I think he's still alive. Uh, I will confirm what that. Because he was so huge. Yeah. He was just like, for like for so long and he just disappeared. Yeah, no, he is still alive. He is 84 this year. Fuck yeah, man. Awesome. Um, in fact, it is almost his 84th birthday. Um, What's his last acting credit? Uh, 2017's The Private Life of a Modern Woman. Holy shit, he played, so he's still, still going. Yeah, he was. Uh, he played Dr. Bigelow on Louis, the Louis C.K. series. Uh-huh. He was uh, Carl Shapiro in uh, the Richard Dreyfuss miniseries about Bernie Madoff. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and some TV work. Um, you know, um, he, he hasn't really been big in movies, honestly, since like the mid-90s. Which is weird because yeah. he's, a, he's a timeless sense of humor. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a dated sense of humor at all. Like, I, I, to me, it's just the 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 perfect kind of as dry wit, which is what I love about his delivery. is so dry; it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and no, he's brilliant. Like this, even this whole scene yeah. where he's like, "I can't fly." Fistophobia. he's like, I, "That's what I tell you. I can't fly." Well, why can't you fly? Well, I can't fly. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Hello. 
And if we were talking over it, obviously all of this stems from the fact that Jonathan Marduk has swiped a bunch of money from the mob, but the FBI wants him to build their case. Yeah. Like the fact that the bail bondsman is involved at all is kind of a pain in the ass. And the mob, of course, wants to kill him. So he doesn't mm-hmm. testify uh, against uh, the mob boss. <laughs> so and that that is the other player in all this jerry who's working for eddie and is not necessarily on the up and up no i also like that like al- along with alonzo mosley dennis farina who has yet to enter the film but oh it's so fucking good in this movie as well yeah here he is uh but like both of them have just idiot sidekicks like everybody in this movie has has limited resources when it comes to yeah. the people around them. <laughs> and it's almost an unspoken theme of this movie that the fact that Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin can count on one another not to be idiots is yeah. sort of what gets them through the movie. Mhm. Oh, he's so fucking good, by the way. I love this. Just like the... For a small time, he was the token gangster bad guy. I, I, you know, I, I apologize for getting quiet. It's just so fun to watch this escalation. It's so good. This is as happy as he's going to be for the rest of the movie. It's never yeah, it's gonna this be, good again. <laughs> it's going to be miserable for the rest of the fucking movie. You just try and relax. <laughs> Look, I can't. Just calm down. Just relax and calm down. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the worst acting ever. I love it. No, no, no. it's like no. Not since Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor in Stir Crazy. <laughs> oh, that's a future commentary. Uh huh. 
It's too big. <laughs> when you see his face. Oh, man. It's, oh, it's when they come off the plane, his face is a peach. This is his feet. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. It's it, this is the planes, trains, and automobiles of crime. Yeah, yeah, look at his. first see this movie because i know for me I, I felt like i i hit it pretty soon after it came to like home video i think this is early 90s for me maybe 92 93 or like my uh, uh, i had a friend who used to just have like like used to just we have two uh, vcrs so he would like copy movies he just have his own collection. He used to write labels uh, with the description, his synopsis of what the movies were, mm-hmm. and we used to all share them around. And Midnight Run would have been about that time period, so must must have been early, early nineties. And I remember just absolutely fucking loving it. Like, for, like it's it's one of those ones that I think my love has only ever got stronger for this movie. Every time I watch it, it's, every time I watch it, I love it more. So. <laughs> Sorry, this look that yeah. Yafikado was giving him. He's just the like, greatest. Like, you're, you're a fucking detective. Is this like more it. on number one? Put more on number two on the phone. <laughs> I will never have an opportunity to use that line for real, and I would love to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's that's inspiring leadership. <laughs> God, these two fucking idiots—they're the best. Still walked through the bathroom. So genius in this movie, Jack. Yeah. Oh man, I, I work with a guy named Jack, oh, so God. I get the opportunity to say a lot, Jack. <laughs> and every Jack. time I do it, I think of this.
just fucking everything. He's trying to be polite, though, and he just. <laughs> I never took a payoff in my life, and I'm not going to start with someone like you. Why not? Because you're a fucking criminal. Yeah, that's irrefutable. Yeah, logic. See, coming from the guy that stole an FBI's, you know, like identification, has passed himself off as one. Oh, it's brilliant. Shifting gears. Yep. Time to shit all over your dream. You would, huh? Well, you're not my accountant. No, I'm not, but if I were. (laughs) (laughs) And I can. That's almost the the theme of this movie is who gets the last word in their conversations all the way through it. It took it took less than a day to call in Marvin. <laughs> Keeping it classy, Marvin. Yeah. You eat that fry on the bed. Marvin? Sweetheart, am I glad I got you? First of all, I gotta apologize because we were trying to find you and it's a very important job, but I couldn't find you, so I had to give it to Walsh, but now he's fucking it up. I don't know why you keep hiring that fucking <laughs> <laughs> You know Jonathan Mardukas is? No. Eddie, I never heard of him. <laughs> It's completely different that conversation. Right, like... (laughs) This, of course, John Ashton, who has been in everything. Yeah. But probably famously, he was Taggart in Beverly Hills Cop, uh, which Mm -hmm. was also a Martin Brest movie, and uh, was in, geez, King Kong Lives. It's playing completely against the role of Beverly Hills Cop, who was more the kind of straight lace cop guy yeah this is a dirty scoundrel and is still working today has been has what one two three four five six movies listed as post-production jesus christ (laughs) ah you've seen gone baby gone anyway Oh, let's go play into one of my favorite scenes in cinema history coming up. Uh huh. Try it again. Try it again. (laughs) (laughs) It's puppy dog eyes. 
Grown just fucking with him through all the way through it, yeah. yeah. The fucking balls on this, the f- yeah. No, truly, you're fucking, you're fucking with Bobby De Niro, you're fucking with taxi driver. I mean, just imagine having the sheer gall to be like, hey, you want to go visit your family? With, with me, you're a strange a family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And know all about Jimmy Serrano. Do you have the right to ask me certain questions? Yeah. Michael Stevens is going to be some fucking first boy. I'm not going to be with you that much longer. What do you mean? Well, what I know about Serrano, if I go to jail, I'll be dead within 24 hours. So sooner or later, I'm going to have to visit his corpse. <laughs> Why is your painted numerous? That's 30%. <laughs> in his head duncan that's how it is you gotta mm-hmm. play the psychological game it's a long combo so into this chaos let's drop marvin yeah this is the bull in the china shop approach yeah like marvin like at no point in the film are is the situation made better because marvin shows up yeah yeah i'm <laughs> so helpful mm-hmm. no everyone everyone is really nice and trusting in this movie except for all the awful people who star in the film <laughs> like even the people at the diner later when we're doing the litmus configuration uh, are, it's, the, the, it's the great scene it, it is truly <laughs> incredible <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> oh man! Have you ever pistol whip somebody? The, well, guns being difficult to get in the UK, but um, I'm going to say no. Uh, they teach verbally pistol whip someone. Say another thing I'll never get to say to anyone. Yeah. I want the jet ready in 20 minutes. <laughs> Give it time, Bo. Eh, maybe so. This cult starting to take off, I think. Got a couple of people lingering around in white robes. He's <laughs> got the background flash these touch because there's not one. <laughs> oh, it is worth it just for that. Oh, here we go. It doesn't like to fly. What the fuck does that mean, Jack? <laughs> He's so angry. Oh, it's later on. He doesn't like to fly. Yeah. I thought it was this scene. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Can't think of anything else. He's forgetting his Right. That's all he's got. That is yeah. the only. <laughs> so, all right. The guy who drew, uh, who wrote this, Midnight Run, this was his second movie. Really? Uh, yeah. He had Fuck. done the movie Wise Guys, that movie with uh, Dane DeVito and Joe Piscopo. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then he did the story for Bad Boys, and he wrote The Whole Ten Yards. Jesus. It's not a great list. Of, I mean, he's done a lot of work. He's got movies coming out at like he uh is gonna have a credit on that bad boys movie uh that's mm-hmm. coming out for the characters i guess um yeah. but yeah it, it is not uh not a, a storied career in terms of like just slam bang great movies <laughs> midnight run is kind of the best movie he ever did yeah yeah lightning in the ball guess so look at, look at groden cheating <laughs> You can kind of watch. <laughs> he winked at her. It's such a good performance. Look at how she does it. <laughs> See a little foreshadowing, Duncan. Mm-hmm. Look at him. <laughs> you, yeah, you can kind of just watch him for one watch of this movie. Just mm-hmm. focus on Charles Grodin. 
And his expressions throughout the movie are fantastic. He did come what would it take for you to be a bounty hunter to do that kind of job not a lot (laughs) i'm i'm not a nice guy but (laughs) i burn bridges pretty quick It is, man. It's just tough to talk over these scenes because they're just so wonderful. So good, yeah. It's just the back and forth. Just to get you off my back, I'll tell you why. I'm not a police lieutenant, and I'm not very popular in the Chicago Police Department. Oh, here we go, Bo. It's just so flustered with him. It's great. <laughs> shit man that is how you do it that could be 90 minutes of the movie and it would be the best movie you ever saw oh god yeah (laughs) why is everyone there with them like everyone's just sitting around waiting on bated breath for me to say something Young looks there as well. Uh-huh. 
suddenly relax out of fear so everything is going to be all over <laughs> Second moron one and moron two. Is this moron number one? Put moron number two on the phone. <laughs> Just the, the best. Yeah. Do you ever uh, have to ride a big bus like that? Like a coach lines kind of bus? I can't remember the last time I was on a bus. With like, if you're at an airport or something, like you like to get right, from a terminal, out, that yeah, literally the only time I, I use kind of that sort of public transport. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, let's well, not shit. <laughs> Right, and then just a gunfight breaks out, like like as happens in America. Yeah, well, it's in Chicago, isn't it? Yeah. Just seeing. There are 47 shootouts a day in Chicago. This is the story of one of them. Originally uh, just had his badge, now has his car. Yeah. Now we've got good old-fashioned drive music. A little bit harmonica in there. I should learn to play the harmonica. You should. Yeah. It feels like something that uh, would is befitting of my lifestyle. <laughs> Sit on the back porch, play the harmonica, drink some homemade booze. <laughs> so this is I'm now finding that how he's being tracked. So sassy. Mm -hmm. Walsh in Chicago all the time. Don't say a word to me, Stephanie. <laughs> Get up and I'll carry this car. 
you know, just letting him know what's up. Giving him the score. Damn, that's what you call a house, by the way. Yeah. Woo! Uh, there's Cop- Cops get paid well. Well, crooked ones, Duncan. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Such a prick. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, dear. Did, uh huh. Did you ever watch the television show he did, Charles Grodin? What one? Uh, it, he had like a political talk show for a long time. No. Yeah, he was uh, um, really interesting. I mean, he it wasn't comedic in nature, but being Charles Grodin, every now and again, you know, it would kind of slip out. And yeah. It was very interesting. It was kind of you know pre-MSNBC or maybe the very early days of MSNBC or something. Yeah. Well, no, no, I did not e- I didn't even know about that. Uh, yeah. That's awkward. Uh, starting in the year 2000, Duncan, mm-hmm. he uh, was on CNBC. It was called The Charles Grodin Show. Uh, he was also a political commentator for that time for 60 Minutes 2 and wrote an off-Broadway play uh, around that time as well. Jesus. And Jack that, of all trades. Uh, he still does radio work for WCBS and the CBS Radio Network. Uh, and some work on CBS Radio's Weekend Roundup, where he mm-hmm. just does commentaries. Oh, zing. That's raw. For a period in the 2000s, Charles Grodin gave up show business to be a stay-at-home dad to his children. He got That's kind of amazing. Divorce. Yeah. Hmm. That's like, what she says, it, uh, uh, was it Martin Short did the same thing? Rick Martin Moranis. Short? Rick Moranis, yeah. Trying to referee. Shit. Awkward. This yeah, this whole situation got like up fifteen times worse. I'm the one who who you've been disappointing for a number of years. <laughs> D nice. That's her uh, stage name. D nice. Yep. D nice. Welcome to the stage. D nice. It's my. Um, it's one of my favorite 
Key and Peele sketches of all time. A A Ron. <laughs> you never seen that one? Bro? I don't think I have. Oh, the substitute teacher. I like, we'll, we'll watch it when this finishes. All right. So it's like it's a uh, key is the substitute teacher, and he's he's reading off the the lesson. It's obviously all these white kids, but he's he's pronouncing the names all wrong. So instead of Blake, it's Balaki. There's <laughs> Balaki here. I got it. All right. A A Ron. <laughs> That this pregnant pause of "Are you in the eighth grade?" and mm-hmm. then just silence. Ugh, awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're never seeing that again. Hmm. Once again, an awkward question. You just... Breaks your heart, boy. Yeah, it, it, your heart goes out to him, but also, you know, like he fucked it up and he knows it and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the best. Except, <laughs> again, this is a movie that knows when to twist the knife on you a little bit. Yep. And it's about to do this right now. Um, mm-hmm. Aw, see, they're friends now. <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> That's true. Oh, damn you, movie. For making Abel, me care. You better not be crying. I know you cry at the fucking drop of a feather. I, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not crying at the moment. <laughs> but we... we time, <laughs> yeah, the movie's not over yet. <laughs> it usually happens in this scene, strangely. Oh, enough. it's coming up. It's yeah. coming up. Here we go. Everybody. 
Oh, so good, like, man. few moments are as good as this. <laughs> Here we go. Come on, Dad. Uh, come on, Dad. Again, no situation is made better by the presence of Marvin Dorfman. Yeah. Oh my God. Plus, you've told your mole where you're going. Oh, fuck. It's amazing. <laughs> so, they're kind of jazz rendition of this. Ba ba boom. How long would we be in a car before we started to uh, want to kill each other, do you think? Oh, two minutes more. No, <laughs> come on. No, I, think, I, think we, I, think we, I think we would survive comfortably for a couple hours in each other's company before, before the cracks started to show. Before it got really dicey? <laughs> or it was like, I think he wants to kill me. Yeah, but before you broke out your horribly racist fucking Scottish accent. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do you... voices. I'm an artist, Duncan. <laughs> you, you've mistaken me for another bull run still that has a podcast with you. <laughs> I don't do racist impressions. I do honorariums. <laughs> I, I do tips of the hat. As gruff as I come across sometimes, I'm actually very personable. Yeah, I mean, relatively speaking. <laughs> get to know you better. I'm a real Texas. Oh my god, the chorizo and eggs. I forgot about this. Mm, does sound good. Uh-huh. How much is the coffee? How much is the tea? I'll have the tea. <laughs> I 
Because, <laughs> you know, he's thinking, like, I've got so much money. <clears throat> I could have anything I want. I like those diners, though. Yeah, uh, we went to a few when we were over in New York, and like proper proper diners. And mm. you guys have got that sussed. Yeah, it's those kind of hole in the wall places where that it's just a, a griddle and a fryer. Yeah, and deliciousness. And your cup is never empty. No, no, like, no. You're halfway through it and they're over refilling it. That yeah. to me is heaven. You don't get that in the UK. When your coffee's empty, you buy another coffee. <laughs> There's no one saying, you want some more coffee? <laughs> you I mean, know, you yeah, it's, it. it's why we're so good at the service industry, Duncan. It's, you mm-hmm. know, we get that part right. If you want to get treated inappropriately well, this country is great for that. Yes, you are. You are. At times, ridiculously disingenuous, but at the same time, I will take that from my like infinite cup of coffee. No retort that time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Fucking just get a chopper and a straw hat with a gun. <laughs> right, like that's a guy who's just trying to have fun with it, you know. Yeah, Being that's a why he was pretend pretend boxing him when he was on the phone. Uh, here we go. Don't worry, Jack. We're here for you. We're here for him. 
<laughs> Here we go. Charles Grodin has just kind of had it with both of them. Yeah. You can tell them to shop. Such a fucking good score. <laughs> and it's just, again, like, it's somebody flying a helicopter, shooting a machine gun out of it. Yep. At no Robert one's buying an eye. Yeah, yep. no one's buying an eye. also one of the finest examples of how profanity is best used. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> like, I've got two words for you, shut the fuck up. Yeah, Doesn't work without yeah. the profanity. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> right. What we're going to do now... We might have to do the Big Lebowski, by the way. You think so? Yeah. All right, all right. I'm just thinking about how funny it will be for me and you to listen to John Goodman scream, this is what happens when you fuck another man in the ass. <laughs> I mean, truer words. There are life lessons to be learned in all of the films that we do commentaries for, I think. And in this one, it's find the one other competent person yeah. that can get you through the day. 
in the Big Lebowski. It's in the, you know that's what happens mm-hmm. when you let another man fuck you in the ass. <laughs> Go, Jack. Uh huh. He killed a helicopter. <laughs> he killed it good. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, Jack. You got him. <laughs> Every time. Marvin! <laughs> so <Yo>. easy. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I, I'm still impressed, even in this movie, uh, like, hey, somebody really blew something up on the side of a cliff. Probably not a helicopter, but something. Yeah. And, you know, like, this is a dude jumping. Like, all this stuff is legit practical effects. Yeah, it's still that. That's just in that we were about maybe two years removed from, like, the kind of the beginnings of the rampant use of CGI for stunts and uh, uh, you know explosions and all the rest where people are like starting to play around with computer tech early computer tech mind you but this is like in a lot of respects this is an old-fashioned movie very much so even and at that's kind of why it shines you know what i mean yeah no this was you know this has something in common with like uh, a butch cassidy and the sundance kid yes um you know, and even the old, like, Hope and Crosby films, and, like, it's very classic Hollywood in, in terms of, you know, you put two, like, inappropriate people together and, yeah. and watch the fun, and who's <laughs> who seems least likely to have a good time together than Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I, I was reading that the... The line coming up a little bit later when they talk about uh, the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> that the director essentially told uh, Charles Grodin, like, just keep saying shit until you you say something that makes him laugh. Because we yeah. want the laugh to be genuine. And you can tell. You know, like, it's... Uh, when when uh, Robert De Niro starts laughing about the chicken joke, it's not that the joke itself is that great. It's his reaction to it. That's yeah. great. And yeah, it's one of those movies. Like, again, I don't think anybody involved with it, with the exception of maybe Robert De Niro ever did anything better than this, but mm-hmm. also it's so fucking good that how could you? Yeah. 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 A top tier. I mean, it really, really is. It's about as, as a, I mean, it is the perfect comedy. You know what I mean? I can't think of anything that I dislike about it at all. Yeah, I, you know, it also kind of reminds me of uh, a little, <laughs> a little bit of Ghostbusters in that it, it's like uh, Ghostbusters is surprisingly plot heavy. Yes, just like this is because there's a lot of like, oh well, like this, like you know, oh they're going to pick up this wire transfer, but Marvin is meeting them there, but. He gets there just in time to head off, head him off at the pass from the mob, and then they go on this helicopter trip. Like, there's a lot of plot happening, but it's mm-hmm. all so that you can have these great moments. I think it's safe to say that. <laughs> like, I think it's safe to say that, you know? <laughs> like this. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
Steak. Again, random strangers being helpful to them. Yeah. You know, it happens all through the movie. I, I never really paid attention to it before, but like the all the, the main characters are the shit heels. Everyone mm-hmm. else is really nice. Hello, I can say hello in a lot of different languages. Not yours, but a lot of them. <laughs> so that skill is useless then. Yes. Viva Las Vegas. I could have been uh, an Elvis impersonator. I, I know. I know. It's the widow's great loss. Sadly, at no point does he, in fact, stab anyone in the heart with a pencil. He does not. He does not. Maybe the the only flaw of this movie is that we never get to see Dennis Farina get to be really violent. But that's also kind of not the tone of this. I always think about that, man. Like those little towns out in the middle of nowhere where people live. I th- there is something I find really appealing about that idea in a lot of ways. Just being off the grid. Not just being off the grid, but just like, oh yeah, you totally know everyone in yeah. town. You know, like if somebody didn't see you for a day or two, they would know something was up. It's weird because we hear like like when I watch like crime documentaries and they talk about like. You know, it's a small town has a population of like five thousand people, and then I think about, I think about that just like a number and about that. That seems quite busy to me, <laughs> but I suppose from an American perspective, it probably is with your population size. Here, this is where we find the central conceit of the movie. Uh, Charles Grodin actually not only doesn't mind flying, but he can actually fly. Right, knows how to fly a plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, the only the only problem you've got here is like if you're Charles Grodin, is you better hope and pray that he does not get in the plane. Right. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, knock out the pilot. That's always a good solution. Mm -hmm. If you uh, do not appreciate the way in which the flight is going. Gonna steal that plane. <laughs> so angry. Yeah. Here we go. Primarily screaming, what? Here we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now we have maybe uh, one of certainly one of my top 10 favorite scenes in any movie, I think. Yeah, this is brilliant. This is the, the delivery is 100% what sells us. Like Charles Gordon is like it's just a different level. Like, pure, 100% pure comedic timing. This moment where he kind of does that brief interrogation of the waitress <laughs> that I think is, is his response to her, or lack of response, it is just this flat, like, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to give me an answer that I don't expect. But there is no response to it. Yeah. It's, oh my God. It's just the next question. <laughs> Sounds like our guy. <laughs> Look at the way he walks. He actually walks like a lonzo, which is amazing. Oh, dear. My partner and I have been tracking the Lincoln Continental since that infamous raid off Hillsborough. 
Have you received any $20 bills the last several hours? Let's kill some more cats. Get some all the time. Do <laughs> 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 you mind opening the door? But don't touch it. Contract sealed. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> Just nothing. Would you describe exactly what the last man who passed the twenty dollar bill to you looked like? Really tall? About six feet tall? Oh, man. Man, cigarette between his fingers, milk in hand, drinking straight from the carton. It's living, man. <laughs> That's no FBI. Oh, no. <laughs> Once again, I love this bit as well. Because mm -hmm. he, th he genuinely thinks he's got away with it. And then you just see the legs coming down. Just like Alien. Yep. <laughs> just like Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Don't overreact. trip ends with one of us just yelling I'm not talking to you for the rest of this trip <laughs> <laughs> oh he's only these cigarettes again I want to switch the cheapest of both of you 
fez. Right, yeah, it is just like shit rolling uphill, you know? <laughs> Although, if we did travel the country, this is how I'd like to do it. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. In a freight train, like huddled around a you know, bucket that we've built a fire inside. See, tugging at the heartstrings again, Duncan. Oh, I know. He just needs a friend. <laughs> this movie truly is about the friends we make along the way. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh. uh, Duncan. This warms my heart. <laughs> I wish I had a heart. Uh, I can't believe that you, you don't have a heart after seeing this movie multiple times. Because it ends in such a, a, a good-hearted, warm way. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean I have a heart, boy. Let's see. Uh, is is King Kong the second best Charles Grodin performance? <laughs> uh, what was it? Was it? Um, is it Problem Child? Problem Child? Charles Grodin isn't. It? Uh, is no Beethoven. It's not Problem Child. Is it Beethoven? Yeah. Yeah. Or Beethoven. Who's the guy? Who's the, who plays the dad in Problem Child? Because he was really good, and he disappeared as well. Uh, I thought that was 
Judge Reinhold, maybe? Is it? No. Uh, hang on, hang on. We'll get to the bottom of this. You'll get to the bottom of it. Uh, problem Child was John Ritter plays yeah, the father. And uh, where did John Ritter disappear? Uh, he he died. Ah, in the uh, wind. Yeah, he he died uh, fifteen years ago. Holy fucking shit! Yeah, he worked up until he died. Oh, fair play. Uh, no, well, that's not really true. Uh, he died. <laughs> just lied. Oh, no, he no, lied? no, he, he certainly did. I'm sorry. Cause, um, he had already done, uh, some voice work that came out after he died. Um, ah. uh, but yeah, he had, uh, um, yeah, he worked sure enough, man. He, he worked from, here we go. This is the twist. He's rub here, bull. guy who cost me my wife yep is now gonna cost me my friend yep goddamn poetry there Okay, much please. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, just every time somebody states the obvious, Alonzo Mosley couldn't be more pissed about it. What the hell? It's not very inconspicuous. That's an, another one I like to use in just ridiculous <laughs> uh, action movies. Congratulations, another crime. <laughs> See, imagine living in that town, man. You would know everybody. Oh, yeah. And and you would live around just God's natural beauty. Yeah, I imagine the gene pool's kind of low, though. Uh, yeah, but you don't move there to... You don't move there to raise a family. You move there to die, Duncan. That's what you do at the back end of your life. Basically, it is the the human equivalent of when a dog knows it's going to die and hides under the porch. Uh huh. Yeah, no, like Arizona is the porch of America. <laughs> that old people wander to. There are also spots of Florida like that. Yeah. 
the cool spot under the porch of America, Duncan. Bringing back Grand Theft Auto uh, impulses, Duncan. Mm -hmm. What you got to do is you got to shake that car, stay out of sight so you lose the five stars. Yeah. Or you just climb on a building and load a, an earlier save. You know, just start <laughs> shooting people till they take you down. Just, I just last week completed Red Dead Redemption too. I haven't finished it yet. It's a it's an outstanding game, though. Oh, the story, man! Uh, right in the feels. You want to talk about games that'll fucking emotionally crush you? That's the one right there. Uh, that first Red Dead Redemption I thought was fantastic too. Did there's something about like if you don't have like a horse reviver and your horse is lame, and you have to put that fucker down. There's something like it's a computerized. It's a mode of transport, yet you. You think about it long and hard before you pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's worse because you give it. You can give your horse a name. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, like you bond with it. Like it'll tell you. Like you, you've yeah. got the maximum bond with this horse. Mm -hmm. Again, a nice touch in the movie just to be like. Hey, remember his motivation for all this. That yeah. the reason that he's, you know, driving away from a cannonball run esque line of police <laughs> is like this is just like he he is going to do this on principle, if nothing else. Oh, so these are the worst cops ever. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, again, I would I would say that Smokey and the Bandit and Cannonball Run. Yeah, or in the ballpark. Alonzo <laughs> Mosley just it can't take any of it anymore. Bandit, you little lollipop. When we get home, I'm gonna smack your mama right in the face. Marvin! Oh, I had something. Oh, that's. Yeah, that was the. He's like in the car speaking of his own. lost there goes yeah. his friend there goes the money a little bit of pride yeah and out in the middle of fucking nowhere mm-hmm 
Like, this is where the movie Revenge takes place. <laughs> yep. Love this scene as well. <laughs> it's amazing. Nothing creepy about that at all. Mm-hmm. Oh man! So I'm talking about right there. Yeah, I'm just I'm thinking about this place in town called Rudy's that is exactly that. I could go there right now, Duncan. And there you go. You don't even worry about lighting that cigarette. I'll get it for you. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> he knows who that is. <laughs> they all came in silently with the 17 cars outside. And you get the different, yeah, different tact here. <laughs> right. <laughs> this movie relishes the fact that you can knock a man out with just a punch. Uh-huh. Not how it works. <laughs> eh, you know, if you get him right in the temple. Mm. I saw a couple of those uh, uh, Mike Tyson fights in his yeah. early days when... Yeah, if you're punch- Tyson... Like if you're Marvin, you don't think Marvin is like pulling tree trunks up snowy mountains to train <laughs> in the off season. Gonna fly now. Yeah, in prison for five years on spousal abuse, probably not. Yeah, you're probably right. Here we go. Oh. All these scenes are pure joy. Yeah, anytime yeah. Joey Pan shows up. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> okay, we're on the background. <laughs> Just this. Hello. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, and even his kind of scheme to wrap all this up, which is kind of where we are in this movie, this mm-hmm. 
you know, last ditch idea that De Niro has to get his hands on the Duke again and also kind of settle his score with Serrano. And it all just fits as neat. This is a neat bit of storytelling. You know what this movie is missing? What? Stephen If you see a goddamn monkey, I'm out of here, bro. No, if Stephen Tobolowski had been one of the characters. Yeah. I can see that. I just, I, the reason we just recently did the uh, basic instinct on pick six movies yeah, yeah, yeah. and he mm-hmm. shows up in that. It's like, man, he makes every movie a little bit better. Oh yeah. So off with working for you guys. <laughs> this is Jack Walsh. Yeah. Hold on. He's thinking about that. I got something wrong with you, that's why. Including some computer disk out of every last detail of Serrano's businesses and his money laundering operations. Everything. I don't care what you found in there. The next two hours, I'm going to turn those disks over to the feds. You hear me? the car in the airport I'm just getting flashbacks to Fallout New Vegas Some wild times up there. That's Alonzo's face. I love this. Once again, just the choice of this is brilliant. Well, he's just like... Here we go. Here we go. It's like some Ocean's Eleven sort of down, 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 down. Uh huh. Like we got to wrap this movie up, people, and I'll tell <laughs> yeah. you my my story. I'll, I'll tell you how this movie's going to end on the way there, mm-hmm. and then the movie will end. Um, <laughs> fucking brilliant. Such a deck. Can you explain this movie to me one more time? Yeah. <laughs> Conspiracy to obstruct justice. 
and he shows up with the Duke and he has kidnapping. Anybody packing a gun, conspiracy to commit murder. The fact that it's an airport. Alonzo, correct me if you think I'm wrong. Yeah, the one second I made a racketeering rap on him right away as well. Yeah, well, that bullshit movement is going to make this world go like this. Don't worry, I'll get him for you. Give me a worm on this. Oh, man, Yafikoto is the coolest. He is maybe the coolest motherfucker ever. Why aren't he and Sam Jackson, like, somehow, you know, buddies in a movie? I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's Hollywood's greatest mistake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's getting up there, too. He's, uh... And for no reason at all other than he's the greatest actor ever. Uh, let's just throw Sam Neill in there as well. Let's get another Sam in there. He is almost 80 years old as well. Who's Sam Neill? No, not Sam Neill. Yafet Kato. Is he? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. He, he kind of stopped work in early 2000s. He was kind of out. It's such a fucking moron movie as well. I love this. <laughs> and I'll call you in 20 minutes. I'll tell you where to drop off the secretary. Once I know it's there, then I'll tell you where he is. Okay? Not okay. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking nuts? What's Jimmy gonna say? How the fuck are we gonna get the Duke now? You got the answer right in your hand. What are you talking about? <laughs> Joey, what are you gonna learn how to pay attention? <laughs> Motherfucker, you. I love it. you, dumb motherfuckers. Yeah, I've been screwing this up all night long. We can only hope that we all live long enough to have a group of friends who will just allow you to speak to them that way. <laughs> or employees. Oh, yeah. Fucking good, man. I, I again, I always like to, uh, you know, scroll through the uh, the bona fides of our actors. Yafet Kato was in a shit ton, mm-hmm. but not as many really great movies as you would like for being yeah. as great as he was. That doesn't surprise me though. Yeah, I get the feeling that he's he's kind of stuck in the time frame he was in. Had he had he been maybe 10 years younger and been hitting his stride circa about the same time as Sam Jackson, then I think a different... You know, all, all, all it would have taken really is a, a kind of a Tarantino to have cast him in something. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's, that's kind of that's the Tarantino gift, isn't it, really, is to, for the most part, pick actors who, uh, you know are either seen as maybe completely pigeonholed in one direction or can I give them a revival? Yeah. Remember how good this guy was? And then, yeah. Yeah. You're right. 
I mean, not as if we needed any reason to remember how fucking amazing Pam Greer is, but you watch Jackie Brown and you're like, Pam Greer is maybe one of the best working actresses alive. You know what I mean? Just watching that movie, she's like a cool motherfucker. Yikes. Oh, slap as well. Mm-hmm. Back of the hand. The the most emasculating of all smacks. Yeah. And now we're setting up the final act. Uh, not even the final act. This is the last, what? three minutes of the movie or something oh no, still got a good 10 15 minutes really yeah this all has to play it and then we have to get the final shots so yeah all right <laughs> you're like i'm gonna put us on a timer here because i i think we have less than five minutes but i haven't checked <laughs> it's longer than five minutes because right, well, we'll there's the whole, you know, the microphone stops working. Did he take this? Didn't he take this? He's run away, gets caught. Then he gets the duck. Then he has to go on the plane. Then he has to land. Then, because he flies them too to make it in time, remember? Yeah, that's right. All right, all yeah. right. Oh, yeah, I, I know my shit, bro. I know yeah. my shit. I'm not just a sexy voice on the other end of the line. That's what, how you can describe all, all brogues. Sexy. Sexy. Did Farina ever work with uh, De Niro again? Hey, Goodfellas. Didn't he? He was in Goodfellas. Uh, Didn't he?
Have I just made that up? Uh... Doesn't he get your your the shining box, Tommy? He does not appear in uh, Goodfellas. So who's the dude that tells him to get his well, shining box? I don't know that. He not Dennis Farina. Um, which is a shame. I was just thinking, like, because I thought I thought the same thing. I was like, was he in Casino? But he wasn't in Casino either. Oh, it's not fucking thingamajig. It's a dude that plays. Uh, it's Frank Vincent. It's a dude that plays uh, Phil Leotardo in The Sopranos. That's the shame box, dude. Yeah. Frino's in. Um, oh, what do you call it? He's in a. Uh, Snatch, isn't he? Yes, fucking he is in Snatch. Yeah. Sit down, sit down, shut up, you big ball fuck. <laughs> Every. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Marvin, god damn it. It's got the discs. I'm falling for that one. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Get him, boys. You're nothing but a lot of talk and a badge. Yeah, it's like Yafik Koto's face right now is the fucking greatest thing ever. It's a smile when he comes over and sees discs. Where is he? We'll here we go, here we go. Alright, thanks for being in the movie, Marvin. Yeah, bye. Bye, bye Marvin. Marvin. Yeah, here we go. What, with the smile, the smile. <laughs> I got you, motherfucker. Uh, that is the, that is the look of a man who is very pleased with himself, mostly. Mm-hmm. We end our journey where we kind of started our journey on a plane, mm-hmm. not first class, so no steak or champagne. No, not singing Sinatra tunes, just. <laughs> Roughing it out in coach. (laughs) 
Man, I love the guitar in this. Yeah. Oh. It's all good. It's a pure good. Yeah. No, it is just that one of those things, like, for for the first time in the movie, they're not arguing. They're not bickering. It's just exhaustion and also the weight of this moment of, I'm about to collect on my friend's head. Mm-hmm. Although slightly unbelievable that the FBI with all those charges would not take the racketeering and yes. all the you know, the money and all the rest. That's the bit where it's like a big stretch. I, uh, Here we go. Here it is. Amazing. We're going to love it. Hello, Eddie. Yeah? Where's Jerry? Never mind. Jerry, where the hell are you, Jack? Fred picked him up 20 minutes ago. Yeah, what for? What the difference? <laughs> Jack. Yo, you're good, yo. Yo, 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 you motherfucker, you. Chiching. Uh huh. Ooh, thousands. What a fucking movie, man. Honestly. Uh, I mean... And then, just like that, he's gone. 
<laughs> the greatest trick Jonathan Mardukas ever pulled. And it, like, I, I even love this, 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 <laughs> this moment where he's like, hey, you better get change for a thousand dollars. Yeah. So you're walking home. Uh huh. Oh, Duncan. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. This movie rocks. Uh, It is truly uh, one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's a flawless movie front to back. Um, Yeah. I mean, it makes me so happy. I know. I there's it, it's very funny. It's heartfelt. It it's incredibly well paced. It's just the best. And uh, and folks, thanks so much for for joining us to hear us talk about how good this movie is. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is all, of course, in preparation for uh, Duncan and Bo are too old to die young. Mm-hmm. Which will be coming soon, uh, as soon as that Nicholas Wandy Reffin show lands. Uh, we will begin uh, discussing uh, th- that series and, and uh, all its goodness. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Duncan, uh, where can the good people find you in the meantime? Um, if people want to listen to more of me, they can check me out on Podcast Under the Stairs. Visit tputzcast.com or go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. That all sounds official. You can find more uh, from me at legionpodcasts.com where you can also find uh, any number of fantastic shows. So give that uh, the old listen. And uh, yeah, we'll be back very soon with uh, some noiry, grindhousey goodness. Sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Say good night, Duncan. Good night, Duncan. See everybody soon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>